Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, dummies. Thursday, July 1st, 749, five months till Christmas. Yeah, I had to do that to you. I, can you believe it? I mean, time flies when you're stuck in a house and you're worried about getting a disease that has a 99.2% survival rate. Folks, welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. And this is most surely episode 180. It is going to be a fun night tonight. I always say it, and I believe it. Just got off live and had a chance to talk about all sorts of shit. We were talking about God and spacemen and Wyoming and fireworks, and it's always fun to talk live with people. So we are going to talk about something a little bit more formulaic and rehearsed tonight, but still nonetheless exciting. What are the topics this evening? Take it down to Poundtown. Ohio State Legislature had a vote on a new sports bill. And inside of it, it talked about trans athletes. Now, the first bill was pretty much nonpartisan. The trans bill had some detractors, to say the least. A Democrat pounded and stomped and hissed and blew her house down. And I'm going to show it to you tonight. It is the greatest temper tantrum you've ever seen by an adult. No, it's not a three-year-old. No, it's not an adult baby. It is a Democrat lawmaker who literally threw a hissy fit. You're going to love seeing this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all corporations are created equal. Wait a second. Corporation isn't a person, is it? What does it have to do with the 14th Amendment? Well, the 14th Amendment abolishes slavery. How in the hell... Did Citizens United come out of the abolition mint of slavery or the abolishment? Abolition mint's not a word. We're doing really well here tonight, folks. Uh, Where did it come from? How did it come from that? It's an interesting one, and we'll talk about that tonight. Also, we'll learn about the word abolition mint, which is not a word. The old switch the labels on the party trick. Everyone remember Get Smart? You know, Maxwell Smart, Agent 99 would go here and go down on the elevator and inside the phone booth and go talk to Chief and would talk on his shoe in the shoe phone. Do you not know what I'm talking about? Well, essentially, it was the kind of the entomology of Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget is? Folks, you might want to go ahead and, like, olden up a little bit, which is also not a word. Get a little older. Go back through the annals of history. Watch Get Smart. I'm sure it's on Nickelodeon. And watch Inspector Gadget while you're at it. No, come on. That's what we're doing tonight, folks. It's going to be a good night. And I'm going to talk about also, lastly, Democrats and Republicans. Why labels continue to switch? Remember, Republicans are the party that doesn't put in justices. Wait a second. That wasn't us. They started that. Civil rights. We were against it. No, we weren't. Slavery. Ku Klux Klan. Republicans founded it. All of its lies. Now they're saying Democrats were the party of Lincoln. We switched parties in the 60s. All of this stuff is just big-time media propaganda to alter the truth. 
And here's the thing you need to remember. If one thing is inaccurate, how many other things are? So tonight we'll talk about this. I will talk about some of the inaccuracies when it comes to Democrats putting on labels of things that they're actually guilty of. This should be fun. But first, what does Viagra and the Chinese government have in common? They both have rigging erections for years. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. And no, I was not going to do that joke in a Chinese accent. I didn't want to get doxxed for, you know, the Asian Pacific harassment that's been going on. But it should be all rigging elections for years. (laughs) It's not funny. Raining again. Wonderful to have storm season. And there was a tornado in Annapolis today. So we should have some roofs to do. And I hope everyone is okay. Folks, who am I? What do we do? My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Welcome. Thank you for being here tonight. If this is your first time, you have to get naked. Actually, that's not true. If it's your first time, you are an honorary dummy. If you watch it again, you are a dummy, which is a Don't Unfriend Me. It's an acronym. Barstool Sports has stoolies. We have dummies. And then there are the dum-dums, folks. The dum-dums are a special kind of sucker. These are really the knuckleheads. And they occasionally come on and I talk about dum-dums. I don't have a dum-dum tonight. Everyone has been on the up and up, which is a good thing. So we will get right into the rest of the show, which is my social media. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, Anchor, all my podcasts. I've got my own website, too, if you are so inclined. www.donutfriendly.com. You can find all my podcasts, my blog, and everything right here for your viewing pleasure. If you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, before you start watching, it's real simple. Just hit like on that video that you're watching or subscribe on YouTube. It'll pop up right here in that little red envelope. It helps if you like, share, follow, and subscribe. If you've liked one video, that's great. You know what's better than one? Two. And what's better than two? Four. The more you like, the more you share, the more your friends can see it and then possibly start watching as well. This is what makes the world go around. And also, God does not kill a puppy. Thank you for stopping by. The show's about 60 minutes. There is some language once in a while. So if you have sensitive ears, you might want to turn it off now or just suck it up and realize that it's a series of syllables that make up a word and it really doesn't matter. Taking it down to pound town. After passing the Ohio Senate in a unanimous vote on June 16th, SB-187 was brought to the House floor Thursday where an amendment was added regarding transgender athletes and their participation in youth and high school sports. I've covered this quite a bit over the last few weeks. Ohio Senator Naraj Antanis is a Republican from Miamisburg. The goal is for the bill to take effect by July 1st on par with seven other states. The amendment introduced by Representative Jenna Powell from Arcanum would prohibit transgender women from competing on women's sports teams and would force them to join men's or co-ed teams. After a heated debate, the amendment was added to the bill in a 54-40 vote. Following the addition to the amendment, the bill passed in a 56-37 vote. The bill will now return to the Ohio Senate to vote on the added amendment. The bill previously carried bipartisan support. However, the added amendment has now split it down the party lines, with some Democrats voting against, putting Antini's target date in jeopardy. 
Quote, I continue to strongly pursue legislation to ensure student-athletes receive, in law, their rights to their own name, image, and likeness by the July 1st, 2021 deadline. Antaney said in a tweet Thursday, I'm optimistic in my prospects, and I will continue to work hard to get this done for our student-athletes. Ohio State spokesperson Ben Johnson said the university supports the prior version of the bill, which did not include the transgender athlete amendment. Ohio State supports a clean name, image, and likeness bill, like the bill passed by the Ohio Senate, which will support all student-athletes across Ohio, Johnson said. There's an old saying, when the law is on your side, pound the law. When the facts are on your side, pound the facts. If neither the facts or law are on your side, pound the table. So Representative Adam Schiff from California summarized a quip that has been evolving for at least a century, and so the Democrats did in the Ohio State House when Ohio State Representative Jenna Powell proposed an amendment to protect women's sports. It's hard to believe what you're about to see. This ruckus took place in what was supposed to be the deliberative rulemaking body for the state of Ohio. Where do they think they are? A zoo? A construction site? A nanny daycare? It's almost almost maddening enough to make me thankful unelected bureaucrats do most of America's legislating. As Powell began talking across our country, quote, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, and training opportunities. Democrats began banging on desks at that point, and one man repeatedly screamed, point of order, point of order, I have a point of order. Powell courageously pushed through, as which you'll see on the video, to offer the amendment despite Democrats' rude interjections. Here is the video in its entirety. Good luck watching this. It's frustrating to say the least. Move to amend with Amendment 1594. The chair has the amendment. The amendment appears to be in order. The representative may proceed. Wonderful. The Save Women's Sports Act is a fairness issue for women to be able to achieve their dreams and athletics in our state and is crucial to preserving women's rights and the integrity of women's and girls' sports. Across our country, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, education, and training opportunities. This amendment will require schools that are part of the OHSAA to designate separate teams for participants of the biological sex. No school school interscholastic conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. Currently- a bunch of freaking babies. In the two and a half years, quote, that I've been in legislator, legislature, that was probably one of the worst outcries that we've seen. It's very rare to have something like that on the Ohio House floor, Powell said. I can't speak for the Democrats, but I know many of the Republicans thought it was completely out of turn. Since pre-colonial times, deliberative bodies like the Ohio House have followed basic procedures that ensure everyone gets a turn to speak. When the Democrats speak and we disagree with them, we allow them to speak. Quote, and then you have the ability to do rebuttal on the floor. Instead, we had a childish outburst and continued doing so until the speaker cut him off, Powell said. Powell surmised the left gets frustrated, and so those on the left speak out in ways that are very inappropriate. Even where it is dominant, it seems the left gets frustrated by the mere fact that its opponents have freedom of speech. That's why, through controlling definitions, censoring speech platforms, and canceling individuals, the left is trying to vigorously curtail conservatives' freedom of speech. 
It's sad that legislators are so imprisoned by a false ideology that they cannot endure a brief description of reality. And it's sad that so many grown Americans lack the self-control to listen to an opposing point of view with civility and respect. I've seen it on this show ad nauseum. On the other hand, it's encouraging to see states maintain momentum in protecting women's sports. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Mississippi, Montana, Tennessee, and West Virginia have all passed legislation protecting women's sports, and another 30 states had legislation protecting women's sports introduced in 2021. At first, the NCAA threatened to punish states that protected women's sports by, sitting turn- by sitting, citing tournaments and championships elsewhere. But the NCAA's threatened boycott fell apart simply because too many states have passed women's sports legislation for them to enforce it. And this is really how you heard him, is hit him in the wallet. Colleges care nothing about anything other than money. The Ohio Senate will likely pass the bill to save women's sports, but Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican, seems opposed. Powell said Governor DeWine's response is from an individual who's scared of the woke left. Woke corporations like the NCAA have employed the same tactics against other governors in an attempt to impose the transgender ideology, but state legislators have shown they are willing to override those vetoes. If DeWine vetoes this common-sense bill and the Ohio legislature overrides his veto, Powell said it wouldn't be the first time. So let me get this straight. A bunch of males interrupt a female because they want males to beat females at female sports. Talk about the fucking patriarchy. Is it too much to ask that we get a camera on this ass hammer causing the ruckus so we have documented proof of their asinine behavior that can be used against them in the future? Like all things, it's about acceptable behaviors. Throwing a tantrum as opposed to civil discourse should result in teaching behaviors that were neglected when these people were children. We are the richest and most diverse country in the world. Why can't we meet in the middle? and create transgender divisions in sports, a trans men's division and a trans women's division. Why force a biological male who transitioned to female to play in a female sport league? This may be a centrist take, but damn, is there another option? For example, if you transition to female, fine, you're a female. You were born with the wrong biology, whatever. However, it doesn't change the fact that you are biologically different than females born in the correct body and you have a biological advantage when it comes to sports therefore you compete in the trans women's league and if there are not enough trans women then you don't get the sport do you understand how many colleges don't have intramural sports because there are not enough women who are interested to have them it's tough shit tough luck leftists will segregate anything and everything by physical attributes and skin color other than sports I wonder why we hold these truths to be self-evident that all corporations are created equal originally adopted after the civil war to protect the rights of the freed slaves. The 14th amendment has exponentially expanded the protection of civil rights for all Americans over the past 150 years. It's been cited in more litigation than any other amendment to the U S constitution and has been at the center of many of the most famous Supreme court decisions, including School desegregation, which was the Brown versus Board of Education, abortion, Roe versus Wade, and same sex marriage, Ogerfell versus Hodges. Under U.S. law, these essential rights belong not only to American citizens, but also corporations. Thanks to a few key Supreme Court cases and a controversial legal concept known as corporate personhood, 
So what is the 14th Amendment? Again, if you have forgotten, even though we talked about this on my live show, it was ratified in 1868. It was one of three amendments to the U.S. Constitution designed to grant full citizenship rights to former slaves, while the 13th and the 15th Amendments were relatively limited in scope. The first abolished slavery and the second granted voting rights to black men. The 14th Amendment exponentially expanded the protection of civil rights for all Americans. The two most important provisions of the 14th Amendment guarantee that states like the federal government cannot deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of these aforementioned laws. So what is due process and how does it work? The fundamental principle of due process goes back to the Magna Carta, the 13th century English charter that inspired the framers of the U.S. Constitution. Due process ensures that all levels of government operate within the law and provide fair procedures for everyone the same. In practice, the Supreme Court has used the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment to guarantee some of the most fundamental rights and liberties we enjoy today. It protects individuals or corporations from infringement by the states as well as the federal government. In Griswold versus Connecticut, 1965, the Supreme Court ruled that a state ban on the use of contraceptives violated a couple's right to marital privacy, which, according to the court, was an essential liberty protected under the 14th Amendment's Due Process Clause. The ruling famously drew that right from privacy, the penumbras, or shadowy zones, cast by other specific guarantees in the Bill of Rights, including free speech. First Amendment. Freedom from forced quartering of troops, the Third Amendment. Unreasonable search and seizures, which is the Fourth Amendment. Forced self-incrimination is the Fifth. And unenumerated rights is the Ninth. Later verdicts would expand this right to privacy, including Roe v. Wade in 73, when the court found that a woman's right to an abortion fell within the zone of privacy protected under the 14th Amendment. How equal protection has played a key role in the Supreme Court decisions. Originally aimed at guaranteeing All the rights of citizenship to former slaves, the Equal Protection Clause, has played a leading role in many landmark civil rights cases. In perhaps the most famous, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled unanimously in the 1954 case Brown versus the Board of Education that segregated school facilities were unconstitutional, as they failed to protect black and white students equally under the law. The Equal Protection Clause would also play a crucial role in major Supreme Court rulings involving interracial marriage, 1967's Loving v. Virginia. Affirmative Action, 1978's Regents of the University of California v. Bach. And Same-Sex Marriage, 2015, Ogerfell v. Hodges. An 1886 headnote forever shifted the meaning of the 14th Amendment. Corporations aren't specifically mentioned in the 14th Amendment or anywhere else in the Constitution. But going back to the earliest years of the Republic, when the Bank of the United States brought the first corporate rights case before the Supreme Court, U.S. corporations have sought many of the same rights guaranteed to individuals, including the rights to own property, enter into contracts, and to sue and be sued, just like individuals. But it wasn't until the 1886 excuse me, case, Santa Clara County versus Southern Pacific Railroad, that the court appeared to grant a corporation the same rights as an individual under the 14th Amendment. The case is remembered less for the decision itself, the state had improperly assessed taxes to the railroad company, than for a headnote added it to by the court report by the court reporter at the time, which quoted Chief Justice Morrison Waite saying, 
The court does not wish to hear argument on the question whether the provision in the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which forbids a state to deny to any person with jurisdiction the equal protection of the law, applies to these corporations as well. We are all of opinion that it does. In later cases, this headnote would be treated as an official part of the verdict and Waite's conclusion reaffirmed in subsequent decisions by the court from an 1888 case involving a steel mining company to the 1978 Bilotti decision, which granted corporations the right to spend unlimited funds on ballot initiatives as part of their First Amendment right to freedom of speech. In 2010, a case, Citizens United versus the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, the most sweeping expansion of corporate rights yet, the Supreme Court cited Bilotti in its highly controversial 5-4 ruling that political speech by corporations is a form of free speech that is also covered under the First Amendment. In 2014, Burwell versus Hobby Lobby Stores, another 5-4 ruling by the court, granted the right of closely held companies which aren't traded on the stock market, to file for exemptions to federal laws on religious grounds. This was all about the Sunday closure for Hobby Lobby. The legacy of the 14th Amendment, not everyone agrees with this expanding interpretation of corporate personhood. In his dissent in Bilotti, Justice William H. Rehnquist wrote that corporations were artificial persons rather than natural persons, and that granting them the right to political expression could pose special dangers in this political sphere. Hmm, you think? Along similar lines, Justice John Paul Stevens argued in his dissent to Citizens United that corporations are not themselves members of the we the people by whom and for whom our Constitution was established. And soon after the ruling, then-President Barack Obama said in his State of the Union address that the decision would, quote, open the floodgates for special interests, including foreign corporations, to spend without limit in our elections. While cases like Citizens United and Hobby Lobby have brought the debate over corporate personhood squarely to the forefront of American political life, they are really just the most recent chapters in a long story. Corporations have been pushing for more and more constitutional rights since the first years of our nation's government, and so far there's no indication they'll be stopping anytime soon. The old switch and labels on the party trick. Racist, sexist, Republican. These names are all synonymous. These words are virtually interchangeable, at least according to most professors, journalists, and celebrities. So are they right? Take a look at history. The Republican Party was created in 1854. The first Republican Party platform adopted the party's first national convention in 1856. It promised to defeat, quote, those twin relics of barbarism, polygamy, and slavery. Those twin relics were spreading into the Western territories. Republicans feared that as those territories became states, polygamy and slavery might become permanent parts of American life. Polygamy, the marriage of one man to multiple women, devalued women and made them a kind of property. Slavery, of course, did the same to blacks, literally. And whites. There were white slaves. Thank you very much. The Democrats were so opposed to the Republicans and their anti-slavery stance that in 1860, just six weeks after the election of the first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln and South Carolina, a state dominated by Democrats, voted to secede from the Union. The Civil War that followed was the bloodiest war in U.S. history. It led to the passage by Republicans of the 13th Amendment, which freed the slaves, the 14th Amendment, which gave them the citizenship, and the 15th Amendment, which gave them the vote. We just talked about that. 
1870, the first black senator and first black congressman were sworn in, both Republicans. In fact, every black representative in the House until 1935 was a Republican, and every black senator, senator until 1979 was two. For that matter, the first female chamber of Congress was a Republican. The first Hispanic governor and senator were Republicans. The first Asian senator, you get the idea. Republicans also kept their pledge to defend women's rights in 1862. The Moral Anti-Bigamy Act was passed by the Republican-controlled Congress to put an end to polygamy. In 1920, after 52 years of Democratic Party opposition, the 19th Amendment was ratified thanks to the Republican Congress, which pressured Democratic President Woodrow Wilson to drop his opposition to women's rights. In the final tally, only 59% of House Democrats and 41% of Senate Democrats supported women's suffrage. That's compared to 91% of House Republicans and 82% of Senate Republicans. There certainly was a war on women, and it was led by the Democratic Party. But while Republicans had won a major battle for women's rights, the fight for black civil rights had a long way to go. In the, 1920 Republican in the 1920s, Republican President Calvin Coolidge declared that the rights of blacks are just as sacred as those of any other citizen. By contrast, when famed sprinter Jesse Owens, a staunch Republican, won four gold medals at 1936 Berlin Olympics, he was snubbed by Democratic President Franklin Roosevelt. Roosevelt only invited white Olympians to the White House. Two decades later, it was a Republican president, Dwight Eisenhower, who sent the 101st Airborne Division to escort black students into Little Rock Central High when Arkansas Governor Orville Faubus, a Democrat, refused to honor a court order to integrate the state's public schools. The Civil Rights Act of 1960, which outlawed poll taxes and other racist measures meant to keep blacks from voting, was filibustered by 18 Democrats for 125 hours. Not one Republican senator opposed the bill. Its follow-up bill, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, is one of the landmark pieces of legislation in American history and was pushed by two Democrats in Bobby Kennedy and John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the latter president. That, too, survived a filibuster by Democrats, thanks to overwhelming Republican support. But you might be thinking, all that's in the past. What have Republicans done for women and blacks lately? The answer you'd hear from professors, journalists, and celebrities is not much. And this time, they would be right. They'd be right because the Republican Party treats blacks and women as it treats everyone, as equals. The Democratic Party has, never has, and it still doesn't. Today, Democrats treat blacks and women as victims who aren't capable of succeeding on their own, getting a driver's license to vote, or not being able to get off welfare and find a job if only somebody would provide a fulfilling job in the inner cities. The truth is, this is just a new kind of contempt. So there is a party with a long history of racism and sexism, but it ain't the Republicans. This doesn't mean that every Democrat's a sexist and a racist. That's the trope that they give us. What it shows is that the narrative is false. How many of these things have you counted and said, I didn't know that? Do your own research. Look it up yourself. See what you find. And if you're a liberal and you're a Democrat and that didn't sit well with you and you're angry and upset and believe that this is just more right-wing propaganda, it's not. This is history. You're being told a lie. You're being deceived. And if you look up one of these things and they're true, as we started the show, how many more are you missing? Do you have the courage to look it up? Do you have the wherewithal to be steadfast, to possibly be disappointed, to be disenfranchised with your party? 
Only you know the answer to that, but it starts with trying to find one answer to the question that has been bothering you, that something isn't right, that something is rotten in Denmark. How can every news channel be completely in sync, but only Fox News be wrong? I'm not here to defend Fox. I'm not here to defend CNN or OAN or any of the pundits or any of the people who represent these major channels. I'm here to say that both sides are unequivocally right and unequivocally wrong about certain things. And it's your job as a citizen to uncover which ones those are. It starts right now by finding out the things that I just said, look them up and get back to me. Tell me what you think. Once again, if one of them are wrong, how many more are as well? Folks, that's it for tonight. Happy 4th of July weekend. Go blow some shit up. Make sure that you check around your neighborhood for veterans. PTS is a real thing. It scares the living bejesus out of veterans. At least some who saw some horrible things overseas, and we want to try to be considerate. 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. A lot of PTS will be triggered over the next week or two as fireworks goes off. This is one of the hardest times of the year for veterans. Please watch out for them. Please talk to them. Please start with a conversation. PTS is extremely real. Traumatic brain injury, anxiety, stress, depression, all of these things happen. PTS is not a disease or a disorder. It is an injury, and it is curable. It starts with conversation. Please reach out to a vet. If you cannot, reach out to me, and I will make that phone call with you and see what we can do about getting them help. If they won't, you can go to my website at don'tunfriendme.com. Click on the VCL link and be connected to a VCL operator. If you are a civilian, they will not turn you away as well. They are all about helping as many people as they can, military or non. Give them a call now. Folks, thank you so much for joining tonight. Please like, share, and subscribe. It helps out right over here. You'll see a little pop-up, and there's a red envelope on YouTube. Hit subscribe. If you're on Facebook, hit like and follow so you can stay up to date with all my latest videos and when I go live. Thanks so much. Happy 4th of July. I will see you tomorrow for Red Friday. Make sure you wear red. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.